This is the Relevant Podcast. It's Friday, September 10th, 2021, and it's the Relevant Podcast. Two a week now. This is the second episode of this week. Uh, here in Orlando, I'm your host, Cameron Strang, and joining me from Loverland, Virginia, it's Jesse Carey. Hello, hello. From Austin, Texas, author, podcaster, speaker, Jamie Ivey. Hey, guys. And from Nashville, Tennessee, artist, producer, mogul, interviewer, and a little flimmy today, Derek Miner. <laughs> Howdy. Let's hear the phlegm. You gave us a phlegm warning. Is it the fall? Is it, is it f- fall allergies hitting you? I might have a little, little bit of leftover COVID. Oh, I don't know. it's COVID uh, phlegm. Yeah. I don't, he hangs I don't, on for so long, longer than he's invited. You're like, COVID, why are you still here? Yeah, it's, it's yeah. definitely not, not pretty. So this is actually an interesting show because coming up later, we talk to Oscar winner, Grammy winner. She's got the go of the EGOT. Jennifer yeah. Hudson is joining us. And guess what? Guess who's interviewing Jennifer Hudson? Mm. Our very own Derek Miner. Derek right. Miner and Jennifer Hudson have a conversation coming up later. He did it for our new issue of Relevant, which we told you guys about on Tuesday. It came out this week. Our fall issue is out. Highlight One of the highlights of the issue is that conversation. You're going to hear some of it on, on today's uh, podcast. She, she's, she's having a moment right now. Uh, respect. Yeah. Her Aretha Franklin docu- uh, biopic is, is out. I saw it. Really great. I love music biopics. I actually got to go, you know, the, the, the film release was delayed quite a bit because yeah. of the COVID stuff. But prior to COVID, I actually got to do a set visit and briefly got to, it was kind of off the record deal. Um, but we got to, you know, actually observe one of the, uh, you know, a, a critical, a pivotal scene in the movie being shot. And then afterward, you know, Jennifer Hudson was very, uh, she's such a nice person. She took time to talk to everybody who'd come for the visit. And she seemed like a genuinely warm, cool uh, individual who, you know, seemed to take time. Because that day there were a lot of like extras on set and things like that. It was one of the, if people have seen the film there's one of the scenes in her father's church early on. Mm. And, uh, you know, so they, they had a lot of people, a lot of extras present that day. And it was a, you know, these, these people had to wear like period specific clothing, like all day. And, you know, being an extra in a, in a scene like that, that literally takes from morning until evening to shoot. You get 50 bucks. Yeah, it, yeah. It, it's a <laughs> long Free deal. Popcorn. Yeah. Yeah. And exactly. And a little box up meal. So these people, you know, we're, we're super patient and it's a lot of standing around waiting for your call. And Jennifer Hudson genuinely made people feel very special on set. Like she's this big movie star and everyone from press that was there to crew members to all the extras. She made them feel very appreciated. Derek, what was the experience like talking to her, man? Yeah, I know. Um, I went to see it maybe a month before it came out. And she did an interview with, uh, with my homie Phil Thornton here at the uh, Nashville uh, African-American Museum of uh, Music. And man, like watching her talk and just her demeanor really, really felt like just talking to one of my cousins. Like, mm-hmm. like yeah. just, she really feels warm as a person. You know what I mean? Like, 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 well, I didn't get it. You know, I never <laughs> met her. I shook like her hand. That. I shook her hand. She was very feverish. warm. It, can you she confirm was, that her hand is warm? Okay, it was, great. It was concerning. <laughs> but absolutely in a sense of just like she just feels like a, a person that that really 
cares about people, cares about her art. Uh, she's a uh, woman of faith, so loves God. And, and I really enjoy my, my interview with her and, 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 and the time that I got to spend with her. So she's dope. I yeah. rock with her. That. You would yeah. think that by looking at her, like you would assume those things. So it feels good to hear someone say like, oh, I interacted with her and she actually is the way you would imagine she would be. I yeah. kind of want one time. I kind of want one time for it to be the opposite. Like you you meet the real life Mr. Rogers and they're just well, a total. Dude, jerk. that's like you know what, what everybody says about Ellen. Like she's this yeah. she's not nice. woman and she's horrible behind the scenes. No, and like it's abusive don't to say her that staff. about Ellen because Ellen's no, so did. cool on TV, man. COVID. They, they shut yeah. down her show, man. Yeah. Yeah, she's I, the 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 word on the street is she's kind of a she's kind of a bully. But, but I've um, heard I've heard like the people who are genuinely like Jimmy Fallon. You vo- you hear that Jimmy Fallon is like what you guys are saying about Jennifer Hudson. Like uh-huh. in real life, he's just Jimmy Fallon, and he's nice. Yeah, I feel like that's the way to. I feel like that's the way to go. Like is like that be how you who are? you are. Be who you are in real life. Uh I mean, I don't know. Did you People tell come me? Up, if a fan came up to you in the airport and you got your headphones uh-huh. on and you're just not in the mood, I, I mean, are you Jennifer Hudson and Jimmy Fallon to that fan? I try to be, you know, because yeah. I, I, this is what I realized. Like, for someone to work up the courage to, mm-hmm. to talk to somebody that they really admire, you know, the last thing you want to do is leave the impression of, you know, because in their mind, it's like they're never going to see you again. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it's like the last thing I want to do is is give you the worst impression uh, in the world, you know, like I remember seeing a celebrity, I ain't gonna say his name, but this is back when I first started rapping or whatever. And somehow I got in a party I wasn't supposed to be in. Like one of my, my manager at the time knew somebody that was super duper popular. And I got in his party and I remember asking him to take a picture. Now in hindsight, I get it. Bro was trying to kick it, mm-hmm. but you know, he, he was so like, it was one of my favorite rappers. And I was like, Dang, bro, this dude, I get to I get to see this guy. And I got to see him and it just really did not he was really very, very unwarm. He's very cold, very like get out of my face, little dirt dork, what are you doing in here? But mm. I'll take I'll say that I met at the same party I met CeeLo Green. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now you wanna talk about a nice guy. CeeLo Green is a really, really nice dude. I was like, yo, you're a legend, you know, la la la. You know, I, I was like, yo, I, I was super like fanboying out the wazoo. And he was just like, yo, let's take a picture. Da, did da, da, he da, have you a pet toucan with him? No, he did not. He didn't <laughs> have this was this was CeeLo before before he uh, got kind of weird. B- before Gnarls <laughs> Barkley. Yeah, this is oh, okay. this is right before Gnarls Barkley. Uh, this right before he started doing that stuff. And yeah. I'm man, a fan. Is, you know, my Xbox gamer name is yeah. Miles Barkley. I'm a fan. Well, man. I, I'll, I'll tell you this. If you get to meet CeeLo, you, you'll really enjoy me, you know, talking to him. He's a cool guy. I, I always think when people come up and say like, oh, I listened to your show or whatever. I'm all, the thing I always think is like, if you didn't listen, I don't have a job without you, you know? So I'm Facts. like, I don't want to be yeah. me. And I'm a nice person in general, but I'm like, I'm so right happy now. you said hi because thank you for listening. You're, you're paying my bills, you know? Yeah. Thank you. I love it. Yeah. It's fun to see like, oh, you're actually listening to the show. This is fun. But don't be a jerk. Don't be the guy that's like, because I've had this happen too. Like, you mean I'm the jerk the, of someone coming up to you? No, no, no. I'm in the bathroom. Oh. I'm yeah. midstream. <laughs> no, that's and you're like no. you're like, Derek. And I'm like turned around like, what, right what's now? up, bro? <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? Or or don't be the guy like I'm out with the family. We having a good time. And you just like 
take over the whole time. Like, it's cool. You know, you got to be cool, too. Like, I just want to make that be mm-hmm. known, too. Like, you don't want to be that guy. That's just like, I'm midstream in the bathroom. It's <laughs> like, bro, right now, I'm just, my bladder is running. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> well, it's, it's like that video that was going around this week of that kid. Well, I say kid. You say, he, he claimed to be 22 years old. And who had like traveled across the country to sneak into like an event that um, Logan Paul was going to be at and like pitched himself <laughs> to be like, he was like, listen, I want to work for you. And like, you know, the guy in, in his TikTok video claimed to have left a, a hundred thousand dollar a year job as a welder. And he was going to go and pitch himself. And he just like the problem is it's not with the gumption to go do that, because even someone who you know, I can't say I'm a, a, a fan of the Paul brothers. But, you know, to, to Logan Paul's credit, at least in the video, he gave the guy a time of day and he's like, all right, well, what are you good at? And the guy froze right there. Like, absolutely. he's like, oh, so ready. like I, I did some dance videos. He's like, all right, are you good? He's like, no, I'm not that good. He's like, Aww. well, why should I hire you? He's like, and the kid's like, uh, I need a mentor. He's like, well, what value are you bringing? He's like, I don't know. I don't know. And Logan Paul is like giving the kid every opportunity to be like, look, man, you snuck in here. You're up in my face. That's something you shouldn't be in. But I appreciate the gumption. Give me the pitch here. So if you're going to approach a celebrity, especially if you want to come out swinging with some big idea, you know, at least have it together. Like, you know, t- I don't a lot, I don't know if a lot of people know this story, but like even like guys like uh, the comedians, Tim and Eric, who I'm a, I'm a big fan of both those guys, Tim, Tim Heidecker and Eric Wareheim. They've kind of gone their separate ways and are doing their own separate things, but I've been a big fan of their comedy. How they got started is they met in film school and sent video, actual VHS tapes to Bob Odenkirk, who now Mm. is famously, he was Saul Goodman, but prior to that, he was a pretty well-known comedy writer, Bob Odenkirk, you know, before Mm -hmm. he was, you know, Better Call Saul and Breaking Bad and all the other things he's doing. But they, the, the, the envelopes were so hilarious that Bob Odenkirk opened them and watched them and got them a deal with Adult Swim. You can approach celebrities cold, whether through the mail or on the street, but at least to Derek's point, one, don't be a jerk or entitled. And two, if you got something to pitch, at least have it together. Don't, don't make the <laughs> right. Logan Paul situation because Cameron, I'm sure you've been approached at events and things before where someone will come to you, pitch you something that isn't fully baked and you kind of just have to be nice. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. Are you nice or do you say like, dude, come back when you're ready? No, I know it's not. I mean, I haven't left the house in two years, so it hasn't really. (laughs) (laughs) You're knocking on your door. (laughs) Pretty well insulated myself from bad pitches. I don't fault. This is the thing too. Like I don't fault people for pitching things to me. Shoot your shot, man. Shoot your shot. Like that, that is, that is, I understand that that kind of, there's a level of weight that, you know, there's artists that believe if they can get to me, they, I can help them get to the next level. Mm -hmm. That's great. I think the mistake that a lot of people make is they don't ask themselves, what value do I bring to Derek? What value do I bring to Cameron? What value do I bring to Jamie? Because at the end of the day, I'm a businessman. Like, if you come to me with an idea that's like, yo, this is killer, I'll give you the time of day. I respect good business. But, you know, if it's like, hey, listen, man, please sign me and make me just as popular mm-hmm. as you. I'm like, bro, yeah. I, I can't do that, bro. Like, <laughs> yeah. I, don't, I don't even know how I got yeah. here, to be honest. So, like, <laughs> the, thing, the thing I got more, I get more than anything is not like pitches, but like, uh, uh, like, how, how like how did you do this how did you do that and they want the cheat sheet 
You know, like mm-hmm, you mm-hmm. built this. I like it. I want to do it too. So tell me how you did it. And I'm like, mm-hmm. well, it took eight years to get mm-hmm. the free, you know, like, like <laughs> right. I mean, it's like, you don't want the real story and there is no cheat sheet. There's no corners to cut. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's like, it, it's the grind. And it's mm-hmm. not, it's not some secret formula. It's grinding it. And they just don't want to hear that, you know? Yeah. So all that to I, say, I did ask Jennifer Hudson to her face for a role in the film. And I was shooting my shot, and I was escorted from the set. And um, <laughs> I, I figured you had a role. No, no, I, 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 I was pitching a character that wasn't involved in Aretha's Franklin uh, story. That <laughs> oh. Just kind of a, okay. it was kind of a funny, Maybe it was a funny, yeah, it was a funny British persona. Uh, and also, the character was a time traveler, so it would have met. But the hijinks he gets himself into in the film would have really kind of, it would have dramatically altered the plot. But uh, I just don't think her or the director were open to it. And I am frankly, I think it was their loss. And yeah, I feel like time travel would mess this one up. (laughs) Well, but again, he's a hilarious British time traveler that gets himself in all kinds of hijinks as he's jumping from cultures and different eras. It would have been a hilarious take on the Motown era through the lens of a Mr. Bean type of guy. But they didn't even want to hear it. They didn't even, you know, they could have done script alteration. You know, it's their limited vision. So All right. they're lost. All right. Also, don't miss it. At the end of the show, we have a very special game. It is now post Labor Day and it is officially the fall season. So that might have inspired the game we have coming up later. Uh, but right now, stay tuned up next. It's relevant news. to Royal Otis. The song is Without You. Well, today's show is brought to you by UHSM. I know we're all tired of the rising costs of healthcare, and that's why we're so happy to share a little bit about WeShare. WeShare is a health sharing program powered by UHSM, a Christian health sharing ministry. Now, health sharing is not insurance. These programs are member-based fellowships where faithful people exercise their right to take charge of their own health care. Learn more about how WeShare is restoring faith in healthcare at WeShare.org. That's WeShare.org. Okay, it's time for Relevant News. Please welcome to the show Relevant Senior Editor Tyler Huckabee covering the intersection of faith and culture. Hey, man. Hey, everybody. Hey, by the way, congrats on the fall issue of Relevant. It is yeah. phenomenal. You, you and the team one. did an amazing job, man. It was such a good read. I, I hope I hope people are. It's out in the wild now, and it's fun to see reactions coming. I hope you'll enjoy it. And, and yeah. it's packed with it's packed with huge names. Oh, as packed, as packed. per usual. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Exceptionally packed. This time. Exceptionally packed. We yeah. got. I already. We got. We got. We got the King Derek Minor in there too. Yeah. Mess with your boy. You know what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So what's going on this week, Tyler? 
Well, we wanted to talk about uh, this. This is we're recording this on Tuesday, and it is the day after Labor Day here. And we wanted to take a minute to remember the legacy of Michael K. Williams, who yeah. passed away on Monday, was found in his home in New York City. Uh, Michael K. Williams, obviously, you know, the, we, we you throw around words like iconic actor, but they really do in this case apply. Just one of the most mesmerizing actors of his generation, and really most generations. Uh, he was an all-time great ensemble team player stood out in every role he'll undoubtedly be remembered for scene stealing turns on boardwalk empire the night of 12 years a slave and of course the wire where his iconic portrayal of omar little was really one for the ages and he is currently nominated for an emmy for his role in lovecraft country yeah uh he was born in brook if you haven't seen lovecraft country yet by the way that that show i feel like a lot of people kind of slept on it because it came out mid-pandemic and all of that that, but that show, show is rocks. amazing it's uh, it's, it's phenomenal a, they canceled He's it, and he's terrific. And, and yeah, they, it was a one and done season. Know why they did oh, wow. it? Because yeah. they are idiots for doing that. But maybe it's because uh, the lead the lead guy is playing Kane the Conqueror and uh, yeah, that's and the Marvel, yeah, so maybe that was it. <laughs> But Williams is was really really good, and he was really really good in everything. And uh, and we we've posted a little bit about his life and his legacy on the site. Now we got to talk to him at Relevant. Uh, we had an interview with him. Uh, this was back in 2015. We were talking to him about Boardwalk Empire and his role there. And 20, I was going back and listening to some dude. 2014 wasn't for. Was it fourteen? Wow. That long? Oh, yeah, oh, man. Uh, I, I found the issue where he was on the cover, and it was 2014. And and then Stephen Taylor, who was the photographer. Uh, who shot yeah. the cover for us, uh, posted some photos from that shoot I saw on Instagram this week. Yeah. And he referenced it was 2014. Time flies. Yeah. yeah. One of the best shoots I think that we've done too. Yeah. That was phenomenal. That was, that was a, was a yeah, really, awesome. really good looking. Yeah. Really yeah good he looking posted shoot. one on his Instagram. I was like, I didn't see that one. Like you didn't send that one over. <laughs> He's keeping the good ones <laughs> He's for keeping himself. the good ones for himself. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I was, I was listening to the conversation that I had with him when I was interviewing him about this and a couple of really interesting things stood out. Uh, and Clark, I think I sent a couple of those clips your way and we, we may not have time to listen to all of them, but I was, when we were talking, he was saying, he was talking about his role in The Wire and he was saying there was an Omar in every city. Mm. And so I asked him what he, he hoped that Omar in every city would think or what they would feel when they watched the wire, like what they hope, what impact they hoped that, that would, he hoped that would have on them. And I found his answer quite profound. Here's what he said. Well, I would hope that humanity would want to have no more wires. Mm. You know, we don't need no more wires. You know, we don't need no more breaking bads. And I'm not talking about the TV show. I'm talking about people who live that, that lifestyle. You know, it's, you know, those shows are the entertainment. I call, I call it edutainment. It's there to educate us on a society, on a part of society or a part of our culture, you know, how, you know, to show how people are living in our country, in our, in our world. And, um, you know, people are hurting. You know, just, these shows are about people who are in pain, you know, and I would hope that, you know, you know, mankind, human race would want to not have any more you know, Omar's running around. No, no more cities to, to make another wire and you know, or breaking that. And you know, these shows are you know they're groundbreaking and they're very entertaining. But let's not forget the fact that these people, these characters, are in so much pain, so much pain. They're you know struggling so hard with whether it's with addiction or you know living lives of crime, feeling feeling like there's no other way out but to sell drugs. You know, um, um, coming from you know broken families or being born addicted to drugs. It's, it's, these are not things that, you know, 
these, these shows are based on people's real lives, and I, we can't take, we can't lose sight of that as, as a society. And I would hope that that's what people would walk away from the most. Mm. Beautiful. He he really did have you know this gift of um, you know finding and selecting roles that you know really illuminate that the, just what he's talking about in that clip the the real struggles that people in this country who are often marginalized face and you kind of get to the motivation you know it's easy to kind of take the view of just looking at stats about you know things that are looked at as sort of you know social ills whether it could be something like homelessness or drug use or crime or you know see kind of sensationalized headlines but then you watch a performance from an actor like Michael K. Williams and you develop real empathy, not just for the characters, but for the communities that sometimes those characters represent. And you realize, um, you know, people that are in pain or, or in desperate situations because of circumstances outside of their control, you know, it, it's it's easy to pass judgment on different actions. But once you kind of are dropped into these different worlds, whether it's The Wire, whether it's The Night Of, whether, you know, any number of projects he's been involved with, you realize, you know, the real struggles that a lot of people in this country are isolated from. And, mm -hmm. you know, having the sort of not just insights into the problem, because obviously, you know, David Chase with The Wire was a former crime reporter. So there's some genuine insights into that world, but also the humanity that an actor mm -hmm. like Michael K. Williams can bring. I feel like that's that's the kind of thing that causes actual social change, not just like, hey, we got all these problems in the world. It's like, no, these are real people, man. And and performances mm -hmm. that he kind of was able to produce throughout his career really demonstrate the humanity behind some of these problems, behind some of the social issues. Yeah, that's what I would say, the beauty of a lot of the roles that he uh, played. Uh, and I, if you've ever never seen him have a conversation with himself about being typecasted, it's the most it's the most phenomenal video <laughs> that I've ever seen. Just like as far as especially being a black person, like I really identify with that video a lot. And I think, you know, for people that have been marginalized, they would identify with that. But if you get a chance, Google it. But anyhow, I think the thing about his characters that really um, that really stuck with me. Is he had a great he did a great job of being able to to show the pain that those characters were dealing with. Like even in Lovecraft country, like when you first see them, you think, Oh, you think one way about them, but towards the end of the, the film, you see them in a different light and it doesn't change the, the decisions that a person makes. But you know, that I think just the ability to be able to have you dislike a character when you have very little context and then as the context grows, have you fall in love with a character? Like that is a gift mm -hmm. that not a lot of people have. And I think that's what Michael had. Like, especially mm -hmm. when you look at Omar little people love Omar. Now, when you look at Omar, Omar was a character that on the outside, you would say he has nothing to offer the world. But by the time you got towards the end of his arc, you're like, there's a tension that made you feel the humanity of his character. Mm -hmm. And not many people could portray that. But Michael K could definitely do that. And that's why I respected him as, as an actor and, and, and really feel it's, 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 it's a heavy burden, you know, knowing that, that he's gone, especially, you know, if, if how he died was. Uh, how they're saying he's died initially is is how it is. Mm -hmm. it, it, 
definitely, you know, with my father dealing with the addiction things and different things like that, it's just knowing the pain. But maybe that may be the reason why he was able to show those different levels because he had his own struggles as well. So he, uh, I did ask, and, and I don't often ask this, but but uh, I asked him in that conversation what he hoped that his legacy would be, what he hoped that he'd mm. be remembered for. And and what he said, this isn't what you usually get from these guys, but uh, he said, I'd hope people remember me. This is the quote. I'd hope people remember me for the work that I do off camera. I want to go back to my underserved community and ease the pain a little bit that I grew up in, that I grew up seeing. I hope to one day use the platform that's been given to me to shed light on certain walks of life, to show people in pain and to help and to be a voice. And uh, as I was reading today, I came across the the work and writing of an activist named Sage Young, who worked there in New York as well. And uh, she said that Williams was really as good as his word in that regard. She, I don't think she knows about this conversation that we had, but she said, I used to be on staff at one of the many organizations that Michael K. Williams supported. And he was the one celebrity you could always count on to show up. He shared mm-hmm. his time, talent, and spirit with those kids. And the impact of that cannot be overstated. So a mm-hmm. great actor and also a very That's good awesome. man on screen and off screen and it's very very sad to lose him like this very sad very sad well uh we actually have uh that full cover story is available for free over at relevantmagazine.com you should go read it it um it reads differently now you know like yeah it's different well thanks tyler um, there's a lot more that we're covering every day. Follow Relevant on all the socials. We're on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, all of them. And uh, check out relevantmagazine.com. All right. Stay tuned. Up next, Derek Miner talks to Jennifer Hudson. You think that I'm You're listening to Nathaniel Rateliff and the Night Sweats. The song is Survivor. Well, today's show is also brought to you by the new book, Believing is Seeing. The question is, who or what is your God? Dr. Michael Gillen, a best-selling author, Emmy Award-winning journalist, and former physics instructor at Harvard, used to be an atheist until science changed his mind. Once of the opinion that people of faith are weak, small-minded folks who just don't understand science, Dr. Gillen ultimately concluded that not only does science itself depend on faith, but faith is actually the mightiest power in the universe. Dr. G is a PhD in physics, mathematics, and astronomy. He explains why science is not the enemy of faith. After studying all the religions, Christianity actually has the most in common with science. Read all about it in Dr. G's new book, Believing is Seeing, which is available now wherever books are sold. Well, our guest today is award-winning actress and singer Jennifer Hudson. After getting her start on American Idol, uh, Jay Hud has soared to greatness, releasing three albums, performing in Broadway musicals like The Color Purple and Hairspray, and starring in movies like Dreamgirls and Sing. She's starring as the iconic Aretha Franklin in the new biopic Respect and was actually handpicked for the role by the Queen of Soul herself. She sat down with none other than our very own Derek Miner to talk about Aretha's life and influence. Here's a little bit of our conversation between Derek Miner and Jennifer Hudson. How is Aretha doing? Aretha's doing all right. Just all right. Singing is sacred, 
And you shouldn't do it just because somebody wants you to. What's most important is that you are treated with dignity and respect. So, do you remember where you were when you first heard that Aretha wanted you to play her? Uh, yes. Um, well, let's see. When we first had our first meeting about it, I was in New York. Um, and we met at the Ritz-Carlton Hotel. When she called me and said, dang, I was in New York again. Um, when she finally made her decision that she wanted me to play her, it was on my Color Purple run. And I was in New York yet again. When she gave me that call, said, it is you, young lady, who I want to play me. It's a lot to take in. You know, it's the queen of soul and someone that I've always looked up to. So to meet her alone is like a freak you out. And then for her to say she wanted me to play her. And it was also my dream, too. Um, when you add all of that up, it's like I have to take it in parts. It's really good. I got a single by this new chick named Aretha Franklin. Now you said that was your dream. What was one of the first experiences you had growing up with Aretha or uh, with listening to her music growing up? I don't remember a time without her music. Um, but but Dr. Feelgood comes to mind, you know? I remember hearing people talk about the subject nature of the song and how bold it was coming from a woman and and stuff like that. But as a small, small kid, you know, and then she was always been present in my church roots, you know, unconsciously so, which I didn't realize until filming. Like, wait a minute, the rendition of Amazing Grace we grew up singing in church was from her Amazing Grace album, you know? Yeah. Okay, so speaking of that, what was the most surprising thing you learned about Aretha while you went through this whole process? Like, was there anything that just kind of like, wow, just blew you away? Um, I didn't know she had eight albums before her big hit, Never Loved a Man. I didn't know about her activism and how active she was with that and how close she was to Dr. King as well. Get up, put on some clothes. Get out and help them find somebody for themselves if I can. Yes, I will. Okay, all right. So as you got a chance to go through her life and to study what her journey looked like, and was there anything that you personally thought, I have to get this right? If I don't get anything else right, I absolutely have to get this right. Her faith, like maintaining that, like that was key from start to finish. Like or keeping the gospel in every song. I'm like, it didn't matter what genre she went from and to. The gospel was always the base of it all, all right. the blueprint. The goal was to try to live it, experience it mm -hmm. as she did in her life. You know, like uh, the church things. It's like you can't script that. Roll the camera. Let's have church. And I'm a church girl. So it's like I couldn't tell the difference if I was, I'm like, this This don't feel like a film. It doesn't feel like a set. It feels like church. But let's keep it authentic in that way. Or songs that she was learning. It, it was live. Everything was live. Like those were real musicians on the set. I'm a singer. So it's like, okay, we're going to sing these songs right here. We're going to experience this. And the reactions were real. We were really just in the moment. So maybe that's what you sense. Amazing. 
here's a question. Um, do you feel like being raised in a church helped you a lot when you made this movie? Oh my God. Yes. Without it, I ain't no way in the world I would have been able to do this. Um, and, and that's what carried me through it. Like my faith, it brought me all the way through it because it's not an easy thing to do uh, or to want to do either. And then it's needed because that was a huge part of her. And I don't think there's enough research that can be done, at least not to make it that, you know, make it authentic. And it's just as real to me. Like, again, it was times when we were all the time, every time we was in a church scene, I'm like, you can't script church. Let's just have church and you just roll your camera and you catch it. You know what I mean? But we have to be in the moment. And that's 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 church. You, you can't duplicate that. You can't fake it. it and you only know that if you come from the church. I know we all have a respect for Miss Aretha Franklin, but by the time you get to the end of the film, I want you to have a newfound respect for her. That was Jennifer Hudson. Make sure to check out more of that conversation with her uh, in the brand new digital fall edition of Relevant. You can read it right now, ad free and for free over at relevantmagazine.com. Just click on the magazine tab. Okay, stay tuned up next. It's, oh boy, it's our game. I'm going to be You're listening to Dante Bo. The song is joyful. Well, today's episode is brought to you by podcast creation platform, Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor yet, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. First of all, it's free. There are custom tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will then distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and every major platform. The cool thing is you can also make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Okay, no, I'm going to read it. Tyler wrote this. Okay, I'm just reading. I, I am Ron Burgundying this thing. I'm just reading what's on the teleprompter. Ah, do you feel that? The slightest chill in the air. The green leaves getting the slightest hint of gold at their tips. White girls pulling their enormous hats out of the closet. Yes, fall is in the air. And that means it's time to start thinking about curling up with a good book and piping hot mug of pumpkin spice, whatever, while listening to your favorite song. And since it's fall, that good book many of us will be curling up with will be from our favorite genre, Christian Romance. But how well do you know your Christian romance fiction? In this game, you'll be given a name and you simply have to guess if it's the title of a Christian romance novel or the title of a Taylor Swift song. The person who wins will be crowned the king or queen of autumn 2021. So that's... I'm going to fail. Derek, remember when I told you about Christian romance novels? Yeah, I remember what, that. But yeah. I, okay, I, I had that's when I had first <laughs> heard of them like, when what? you said yeah. that. 
Yes. Listen, <laughs> well, I, before we get in, I do have a there's question. There's lots about of money in this. There, 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 I, I love the concept for this game, but I feel like we'd be amiss if we didn't unpack the concept of Christian romance novels for just yes. one second yes, for please. context. Because my idea, my concept, I've never read a, any a, a Christian or non-Christian. I've never read a romance novel. But yeah. what my, what I've my understanding of them is the idea is from the from the uh, you know cover, which also often features some sort of oiled up muscle bound you know buccaneer buccaneer. yeah Yeah. you know like you know buccaneer that's coming into the ranch as like the 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 vagrant ranch hand who has a heart of gold and a mysterious past (laughs) but it's meant to titillate right like that's the whole idea (laughs) don't don't ever say that word again on this podcast (laughs) i didn't make it listen <laughs> if you were to, if I handed you a book called, you know, uh, uh, One Night Under the Stars, and it has an oiled <laughs> up guy with like sleeves rolled up, like you know, that's somehow breaking broncos, yeah, yeah, breaking wild broncos in front of a campfire out on some dude ranch. Yeah. You would say, I'd say, what is the point of this book? And you would say, probably to titillate. That's probably <laughs> it. That's probably it. I'm just saying. Derek's nothing. Is, guys. It is what it is. But what I, but the irony is, when I see a Christian romance novel, yeah. it's generally someone from the Amish or Mennonite community on there. Yeah. Yeah. And not only are they not oiled up, they seem to, they, they're like they're bonneted. Yeah. Okay. They got a lot of clothes it, it, on. It seems like the opposite of titillation. Okay. It's like <laughs> this looks like a book that's going to have an extended like musing about churning butter. Like the romance <laughs> of their lifestyle involves very boring things. Jamie, please tell me I'm wrong about this genre. <laughs> I don't know that you're wrong, but you guys, I just looked up how much money does the romance novel industry make? Are you ready for this? According to the Romance Writers of America, the romance fiction industry is worth $1.8 billion a year. Oh, it's time for me to start some titillating, boy. I'm done with this rapid. It's time I to start mean, titillating. J- hey. Jamie, Jamie, I, I, I got to be honest. Run it up. <laughs> I was going to save my character, Sir Rupert Tappy Smith, as a, as a funny in, you know, way to, you know, he was getting hijinks. I think he needs to be a romance. I think he's a British hunk. Yeah. You know, yes, but you know what? The ones with like you know the Amish all buttoned up. Those sometimes once you get to the, it's like that Christian freakiness. It just is a whole nother level in those romance novels. Hey, and, and I mean, it's crazy. And side note, I'm gonna need like we just gonna have to acknowledge. I understand. Like this is the thing. I I never thought that there would be Christian romance novels, Jamie. But I do know there's a lot of freaks in Christian world, like them. Church camps, like youth I mean, group, look at Jerry all Falwell, that stuff. Junior, it's a lot yeah. of titillating going on in people's youth groups right now. We just let y'all know right now they they going off acting like they finna go pray or whatever no, at the camp. A lady they're in the streets on and hands, a freak in the bed. They yeah. lay some, there's some hands being laid on in the church camps. Cause there's a whole book of the Bible that's dedicated. To just flowery titillating analogies <laughs> about fawns and you know weird fruit Coconuts. trees and <laughs> oh you know mm-hmm. and it's like mm-hmm. you know I, I get I get why is it, it the genre exists and I get why it makes so Jamie much do they go there I, I I need to know like I actually uh, the only like cr- romance novel I've ever read would be uh, like Redeeming Love if that I mean and I think that falls under Christian romance I think we talked about that one time on here Francine Rivers it's like 
had sold a million dollars worth. But the reason you don't know about it, Derek, is because uh-huh. also, according to Nielsen Book Scans, romance novel readers are overwhelmingly white, young, and female. So oh, this is okay. just... I don't know. I don't read romance novels. Also, not, but do they tell there though? Like, Taylor is, Swift is, is in, re- yeah. in redeeming love. Is it like she's at a youth group camp? No, this and- takes place in like I think in like nineteen forties. Uh, gold, like well, no, eighteen hundreds gold rush in California. Yeah. I think is when redeeming no, no, love no. takes place. So they got all the long dresses on. So when I when I do my romance novel, I'm I'm going there. It's gonna be a, <laughs> it's gonna be a guy named Jeff and a girl Jeff. named Hannah. And Jeff and they, they all are in a youth group. They probably both went to Oral Roberts. They're going to oh Oral Roberts gosh. next year. And you know what I'm saying? And and, and they going to get it on. They're going to tell Behind the barn or whatever. <laughs> out by the fire. It, so, it, it, so, so basically, it, it, that, I'm not going to lie, Derek. That sounds like a very, very thin plot. Um, that, uh, <laughs> well, I just put your uh, put your British time traveler guy in there, and they just do it in Tappy different errors. He's in. He's put in. Rupert Tappy Smith in there, and, and then he'll just take them, and they'll instead of you know making out behind a barn, they'll make out in like 1860 or something. Yeah, you know? behind. Some Winchester castle. It, it's All like, right. All what's, right. that, what's, what's that show <laughs> everyone what, 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 Hey, what does that show everyone likes on PBS? <laughs> the uh, one that's like a romance. Down Abbey. Down Abbey. Yeah, Abbey. yeah. Bingo. Derek, yeah. you nailed it. We're going to do go. it. Let's go. That's what I was saying. Transport these youth groupers money, to, a, to an abbey somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So it is time for Christian Romance. Or Taylor Swift. So I so we're just gonna go around the horn. Each of you are competing. I will say the name and you will tell me if it is a title of a Christian romance novel or a Taylor Swift song. No Googling, please. Okay. Up first, Jesse, you're up. Here we go. King of my heart. That's gotta be a, a romance novel. That is a Taylor Swift song. Is it about John Mayer? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh Jamie. State of Grace. Christian romance novel. That is a Taylor Swift song. What? State of Grace. The grace threw me off. Okay, Derek Miner. Uh The day he drove by. Oh, that's definitely the romance novel. That is a Christian romance novel. Derek is in the lead after one round. (laughs) Mess with your boy. Can I be honest? The plot sounds pretty thin there, too. (laughs) <laughs> the day he drove by, he's it's stalking like you. That, my favorite pop song that I love right now. You know what's what's it called? Where I got my driver's license. Oh, the day you oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, driver's license. Yeah, driver's license. Um, all right, here we go. Uh, Jesse, you're up. A barefoot tide. A barefoot tide. That's that's. I mean, it could plausibly be either, but I'm going to say romance novel uh, for this one. It is a Christian romance novel. It is. All right, nice, one point for nice, Jesse. Nice. All right, Jamie. The Lucky One. I think it's a Taylor Swift song. That is a Taylor Swift song. Good job. All right. Nice, You're on the board nice. now. All nice. right, Derek. They've caught up uh-huh. to you, but you can take the lead. Holy Ground. Taylor Swift song. It is a Taylor Swift song. Derek has the two rounds in the lead. That's what, that's what, I, that's what your boy. Can, can I be honest? Can I be honest? <laughs> I take wagers on this stuff because like, I would not have put money on Derek leading this game after two rounds. I, I will say this. I will say this, though. If 
you know, it would have made me very uncomfortable if a Christian romance novel called The Holy Ground. Because <laughs> I don't know so what the story would involve, but I can kind of project romance, and it makes me feel a little weird that whatever romantic is happening is happening on Holy Ground. Okay, hey, whatever like, makes me a little uncomfortable. It's blasphemous. Bad. Whatever it is, it's blasphemous. We exactly. Like, I'm pretty, know. like, it takes a lot to offend me, but I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. There's oiled up. There's an oiled up Amish, Amish gentleman on the cover, oh, no. and it's called no, Holy no, no, Ground. No, 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 no. No. All right, you're up. All right, there you go, Jesse. All right, Jesse, you're up. Here we go. The loneliest tide. Not to be confused with the barefoot tide. The loneliest tide. Okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna go. I'm gonna double down and go romance novel here. It's a Christian romance novel. Apparently there's a big theme of tides and different types yeah, of tides. Well, well I am sure Is this like it, the ocean tide? Yeah, it's small coastal the tide of love? I don't know. Yeah, well, they, they take place in some small, romantic, yeah. forgotten coastal Seaside, town. Coastal right, town. With, right, the, right. with the lonely, widowed, you know, <laughs> lighthouse keeper who also is, <laughs> teaches Sunday school, yeah, but he's vowed yeah. never to marry again. Right. You know? Uh huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. Just, and, and, she's and then to Martha Jesus. moves in. Yeah. And suddenly, and lighthouse you know. keeping, uh-huh. you know, yeah. ain't, ain't as what it used to be. All right, Jamie, you're up. Here we go. Uh, yesterday's treasures. That's a tough one. I ain't gonna even hold you. I'm gonna go Taylor Swift. It's a Christian romance novel. Oh, oh yesterday's man. treasures. So far, you're doing the worst. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I, again, I would not have put money on this outcome so far. It, it sounds like a boutique consignment store. <laughs> yesterday's treasures. <laughs> yesterday's treasures. Check it out. Yeah, I found an essentials hoodie, man. This is from last year's drop over at uh, yesterday's treasures, man. They got some All right, good Derek, items. Derek, you're up. Let's see if you can keep your lead. Or I guess Jesse caught up to you. Here you go. Take the lead again. The day he asked again. The day he asked again. Uh, romance novel. It is a Christian romance novel. Derek is undefeated so far. <laughs> I cannot you believe boy. this. Hey, what All right. So, like, they part of the same series? Boring things that happen the day he drove by. The day he asked again. What, 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 could, what could be next? The day he drank coffee. Like, just, just random days of doing, yeah, yeah, of doing like mundane things. Yeah. All right. So after three rounds, Derek three, Jesse two, Jamie one, right? Yep, mm-hmm. Clark That's is right. confirming. Here we go. Uh, Jesse, you're up. Back to December. That sounds like my girl Tay-Tay. That's a Taylor Swift song. Man, you guys, man, you guys are basically growing large hats right now and, and putting on warm colors and was, a pumpkin spice jeans. drink is forming in your cup. Hey, I ain't gonna hold you. I love pumpkin spice lattes. I, I love them. It's showing, it's showing your don't. performance in this game. Yeah. Yeah. I look down and my jeans are 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 turning into black leggings as we speak <laughs> right now. It's unbelievable. What it's is like that. it's like the picture in Back to the Future. You guys are getting yeah. all these right. <laughs> You're becoming the, more and more. I'm fall go get a white pumpkin spice latte after the show. I ain't gonna know. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> all right, back to the show. Okay, Jamie, you're up. You belong with me. Aww. You belong with me. Hey, you be giving her some hard ones, though, bro. <laughs> That's a rough one. I'm going to go with Christian romance novel. Okay, this is a trick question. You are correct. It's both. Is it's it both? both. It is the name of <gasps> oh, a Taylor Swift good. song and a Christian romance novel. You belong with me. So you get it right. All right. Uh, Derek, to mm. hold your lead or to get your lead back, The Last Great American Dynasty. That is. What? 
this sounds like a romance hey, I, novel. It was definitely Trump a romance yeah. novel <laughs> written yeah, by Donald a, Trump. That is a yeah. Taylor Trump Swift campaign. song. It's a Taylor Swift yeah. song. Oh. A, what? What is it called? What is it called again? The Last Great American Dynasty. So there you go. I don't know. Uh, yeah, you could have got, you got so me. So it's three, three, two now, right? Mm-hmm. All, all right. right. All right. Yep. Ooh, dead heat. Because you all gave right, me a Jesse. freebie camera, and thank you. Well, that's, that's okay. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Uh, yeah, you couldn't miss that one, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, all right, Jesse. Her cowboy billionaire birthday wish. Her cowboy billionaire <laughs> birthday wish. Oh, it's getting <laughs> real now. Good lord. Um, <laughs> I mean, this could this could break either way, guys. Um, I'm gonna go. Oh I'm gonna go romance novel just because I'm very curious. It's to a read Christian this novel. romance novel. Oh her, her cowboy billionaire birthday wish. It's actually like you know, I'd, I'd legit, I'd read that. I'm very curious. She, <laughs> so yeah. I'm assuming the premise is she had a birthday, um, and her birthday wish was for a cowboy billionaire. And then the wish was answered. I mean, whose wish isn't that? I mean, you know, <laughs> cowboy millionaire. <laughs> my my, my I wish mean, isn't that. Right. <laughs> that is not, that's not my wish. But I, hey, listen, if you're going to make a wish, you shot once again. Listen, you're a single girl looking for a husband. It's high on the list. Cowboy yeah, billionaire. It, it, you can have the lonely widowed lighthouse keeper who's got a heart of gold. But listen, last time I checked, not the most lucrative career. You know, <laughs> I don't think the prospects are really going the, you know, they're going in one direction with global warming here. I'd go with the cowboy billionaire if I were you. All right. You're in the lead, Jesse. You got four. All right, uh, Jamie, the story of us. Christian romance novel. Taylor Swift song. All right. I'm breaking all the stereotypes. Trying to catch up to Jesse. A Uh hopeful path of her own. A hopeful path of her own. A hopeful path of her own. We're going to go with Christian romance novel. It is. It is a Christian romance novel. You and Jesse are tied with four, and Jamie has two. I cannot believe this. I'm glad they qualified that, by the way, with hopeful. There's not a path on our new account. She's hopeful. All right. All right. Miss Americana. This is you, Jesse. Miss Americana and the Heartbreak Prince. Miss Americana and the Heartbreak Prince. Again, I'm going to go with a novel because I really want to read it. It's a Taylor Swift song. All right, Jamie. The Lady and the Mountain Man. Oh, that's totally a romance novel. It is a Christian romance novel. Yes, that is. Three. You got three. All right, Derek. The Archer. The Archer. The Archer. Christian romance novel. It's a Taylor Swift song. It's a Taylor Swift song. For sure. Of course, why not? Jesse four, Derek three, Jamie two, right? No, no, Jesse and Derek are tied. Tied. We tied. Yeah. If I was the publisher of Christian romance novels, I would mm-hmm. just I, my job would only to be come up with titles and then just hand them off to write. It's the Lady and the Mountain Man is your job. Figure it out. I have no idea what it's about, <laughs> but I love <laughs> I love the title and I want to find out who this lady is. So and what's you up said with this mountain three, man? Three 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 no, three two. It's, it's four. Right? No, it's four Sorry. four three. Four, 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 three. Four, four, three. Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, two more quick rounds. Here we go. Lightning rounds. Jesse, Cowboys Bleed Red. Romance novel. Correct. Uh, Jamie, Illicit Affairs. Mm. Taylor Swift. We're not writing about affairs. That is here. a Taylor Swift song. That is right. <laughs> that is not a Christian romance song. Right. Uh, Derek, Cruel Summer. 
Rule Summer. Taylor Swift. It is a Taylor Swift song. You guys all got that Ooh. one. Yeah, I mean, that's a, that's a hit. Uh, Jesse, My Stubborn Heart. That's T-Swift. That's a Christian romance novel. Oh, oh. you got to work on your heart. got to work on your heart. Uh, Je- Jamie, Once Upon a Prince. Taylor Swift. It's a Christian romance novel. <laughs> Derek, you could win it right here if you get this. Uh, forever and always. Uh, romance novel. It's a Taylor Swift song. You guys all got it wrong. All right. All right. I have one last round. We can do one more. Here we go. Right. Jesse, Love Comes Softly. T Swift. Christian romance novel. Jamie, oh. A Perfectly Good Heart. Romance novel. It's a Taylor Swift song. <laughs> For the win. Derek, get this right. Tied together with a smile. Oh, that's definitely a romance novel. It's a Taylor Swift song. (laughs) (laughs) We ended with a tie. We ended with a tie. But the tie was between the two guys. So that's still an unexpected (laughs) outcome. The the score may indicate that this was a tie, but I think we all lost here. I think we all lost. We lost a little something. I'm sorry. I wish No Big Deal was here. He's a huge Taylor Swift fan. I'd be, I should have just called him up. That's funny. All right. Well, that'll do it for the debut and finale of Christian Romance or Taylor Swift. Well, before we wrap up, I want to thank Jennifer Hudson for joining us today. Make sure to check out RelevantMagazine.com for more of our conversation with her. Uh, She is featured in the new issue of Relevant. Um, Also, make sure to check out uh, her new biopic, Respect. It's great. Also, a little housekeeping. Remember, the show is now twice a week. Uh, this is the first week we've done a Tuesday and Friday episode. We are back to that schedule. Um, you guys asked for it. We listened and we're heading back to the Tuesday and Friday rhythm. So make sure to tell your friends and subscribe and talk about the show and post it in your stories and help us spread word that we are back to twice a week. You can also hit us up on Twitter at Roland Podcast, by the way. Tell us what you think. Uh, while you're online hitting people up and doing stuff, head over to RelevantMagazine.com to check out the brand new fall issue of the magazine. We've got incredible and thoughtful conversations with Jessica Chastain, Hillsong Young and Free, Andy Minio. You heard about it on Tuesday. There's so many, so many good articles. Great collection of content. And you can find it all ad-free and for free over at RelevantMagazine.com. Just click on the magazine tab. It's right there. And again... Help us spread word. Also, while you're at the site, make sure to not miss a thing by signing up for our daily newsletter. It goes out every morning with the top five trending stories at Relevant every morning. Just the best of the best stuff. Keeps you in the know. You can sign up right there on the homepage at RelevantMagazine.com. On that note, we'll wrap it up. I'm Cameron Strang. I'm Jesse Carey. I'm Jamie Ivey. And I'm Derek Miner. We will see you all on Tuesday. Don't forget, we're doing two a week now. We'll see you on Tuesday. Have a good weekend, everyone. listening to the relevant podcast check out our features interviews and news updates every day at relevantmagazine.com and make sure to follow relevant on facebook twitter and instagram for the latest for more great podcasts browse the shows on the relevant podcast network which you can find at our site and while you're there don't miss the all-new era of relevant magazine a new issue releases every other month at relevantmagazine.com
What could be next? The day he drank coffee. Relevant Podcast Network.